beginningpod.l podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the Odd Dead Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, as always, the coughing my head off, but I swear it's not Corona, Adam Higgins, the Odd Out. You can find me at odddeadoutpodcast.com and at Odd Dead Out on all the social media places. And this week... I have part two of my interview, whatever you want to call it, with Matt Hyman from Pre-Recorded Live. But before I get to the rest of that, I guess I want to do a little bit of housekeeping because I normally don't have two interviews back to back or three interviews in like one month span. And so I I wanted to kind of get a little more down and up close and personal with you and really just talk to you one-on-one. Okay, I can't do that anymore. So I wanted to kind of address the elephant in the room. Not that I didn't already kind of mention it, but yeah. So, you know, the world is dealing with all the stuff with COVID-19 and the, the coronavirus or whatever you want to call it. Um. And so that being said, this actually, this week, um, was the first week for spring break for my kids. And so really it didn't change much. They were home. Rihanna had taken the week off so that she could be home. And the thing that changed was that we had planned to do a bunch of stuff with boys. We were like, we're going to go out, maybe go to the zoo. Um, we were going to go take them over to the community pool right here in our neighborhood and we're going to do all these things so that they had a nice fun spring break and like i said my wife took the week off so that we could do these things and then you know coronavirus happened and everything got closed down and the zoo is closed and our uh, neighborhood association and everything said yeah the pool is closed the community center is closed and oh yeah all of your key fobs and and speed passes and everything to get in have all been deactivated in the meantime <laughs> like, like man y'all ain't fucking around so yeah we've basically like we have it we you know we, we to say that the social distancing and isolation that that's just tuesday for us we don't go anywhere but we were the one time we wanted to get out and go and do something so the boys would have a really fun spring break and now we can't really do much so that sucks so we you know we've all been cooped up and in in the middle of that basically it's like i think every state at this point has passed or some sort of a uh, restriction on the schools or close the schools or whatever they're doing. And so we went from like right before spring break started them saying, I think it was like the Sunday, the very first couple of days of spring break. And they said, it's like, all right. So I think it was like that day, the state, the governor came out and said, all right, all schools are closed through March 27th. Well, then the boys school district or the like board of whatever the hell got together and we're like okay no the school is going to be closed until april 3rd we're like basically another week and 
And <laughs> then after that, we're like, oh, uh, like we're, we didn't even make it to the end of the first week of spring break before the governor came out and was like, uh, two more weeks to the state mandate. So now all schools in the state are closed through April 10th, which with the way our boys school did it, they basically said, okay, you got, you're getting an extra week of spring break, like just un- unattended or un- uninterrupted extra week of spring break. And then with this going to be distance learning for the remainder it's where it's going to be like online work. And, uh, the, I think there's supposed to be like where we go pick up lesson, like homework packets or stuff like that, possibly maybe gathering books for their classes, stuff like that. Um, video lessons, stuff, all this, you know, what they're supposed to be doing. So, they're going to be doing a lot of that for the, you know, however long it's got to be. And, you know, I've heard stories of some states saying like, okay, we're suspending the state, you know, the state testing for the year. Um, there's some places where they're saying they may not finish out the school year. They may not go back to school through the rest of the semester. The school year could just be done for them. Cause I mean, really there's, there's two months of school left and it's entirely possible that people may not go back to school. It just could happen that way. And everybody's going to be, you know, doing online school or whatever, but that's, you know, we're dealing with that. And so, you know, Rihanna's back and forth, like what, we don't know what's going to happen with her with work because she kind of works in the call center. And so that, you know, what could happen with her could change because out of the six of us in this house, four of us, uh, myself and my wife included, both have respiratory disorders. Like two of the boys have uh, compromised lungs. I have a COPD. My wife has uh, chronic asthma. So we actually, you know, we're technically like elevated risk, you know? So she's a little concerned about that and, and fair enough. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a concern for her going back to work. And so we don't know what's going to happen. All we know is right now, you know, we're, we're doing what we're doing. You know, she's home for their second spring break week. Um, I'm doing this. Um, (laughs) I'm trying to put a little more effort into the voice acting stuff and into the podcast editing consulting stuff. So if you want to know more about that, uh, hit me up on all the social medias. Again, I'm at odd that out for the show stuff or at ODO Voice Pro on Twitter and on Facebook. My Instagram for it got shut down in like four days. I don't know what the fuck, but that's a whole other thing. I'll get more into it next week. But I don't, I don't want to get too far off because we've got this whole interview thing going. So this week, getting back on subject, I am back with Matt Hyman from PRL. And like I said last week, This show, if I had to give you a trigger warning or any sort of a disclaimer or warning about this episode, I would tell you, don't listen to this if you're hungry, because about 75% of this episode, we are talking food, because I am a foodie, I'm a cook, Matt is a chef. Um, Honestly, it's just something we can get into. Matt and I talking food is like second, it's, it's for me... You know, you, you buy now, if you've listened to me do any interviews or anything, I can talk podcasting till I'm blue in the face. 
and I've got compromised or not. I've got big lungs, so they actually I can I can go a long time. And well, I can talk food for the same amount of time. And and Matt and I are right there on that. So we we're talking food like a lot. That is the reason why I actually split this into two episodes because I realized I had an entire episode of food that I could give you, and I didn't want to throw away the rest of it. So. This is the food episode. <laughs> You're welcome. But yeah, it's just, you know, I, I, I couldn't let it go. So yeah, it's, it's fun. And we finally do get at the end, we talk a little bit about his show, but you know, what do you need to know about pre-recorded live? I'll just get it out of the way right now. It's a nerd show. It's Matt, his wife and his best friend being nerds, talking about nerd stuff, talking a lot about food because they're all foodies and you know, very free flow of thought, very whatever comes to mind. Three nerds just being themselves and just having a good time chatting. Again, we get into that in the the back end of the show. So let's just get on with it right after this little word from the live stream for The Cure. imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. Wasn't there like a, a version of the Justice League where... All like Superman and all the, the heroes and everything. He basically like the Justice League become the world police and they become dictators and everything. And Superman is is like ultimate god of the world and everybody's in fear of him and Batman's in hiding or they killed him or some shit like that. Yeah, that's injustice. That's the that's the injustice comic that the games are based off of basically. I just remember like the the like gray haired Superman and, and like black and silver, black and white, and like uh, Wonder Woman and Green Lantern and Flash or his or like his lieutenants or something, and they basically like rule the world with an iron fist kind of shit. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. That that basically be me. That would be what I, <laughs> that, that's what I would do, and I wouldn't even I wouldn't even intend to do it. It would just happen because I I know how I am. I've seen me in power situations. <laughs> like I know what power does to me. I'm I'm right. totally yeah. <laughs> it's like I am corruptible. <laughs> I've I've directed short movies. I've seen what power does to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't seek out power. I just tend to fall into power. And I think it's just a matter of one of those I'm around and I can articulate how to do things well. And so when I'm put into job situations, they're like you know what you're doing and you know how to tell other people how to do the thing here. You get to be a supervisor and I don't necessarily want to be the boss being the boss kind of sucks because everything falls on you. And so I don't get that like power corrupts thing going. Cause honestly, if I had the option, 
Like I, I'm a better as a trainer and coach than I am as a, a being the boss because I don't want to have to tell you what to do. I'd much rather teach you how to do the thing in a way so that I don't have to tell you what to do. You just know what to do. And I don't have to tell you because if I have to tell you that I'm going to get pissed about it. <laughs> <laughs> like I shouldn't have to tell you how to do your job anymore. Damn it. No, Becky, Becky says I'm not a good teacher. <laughs> I disagree. I think she's not a good listener sometimes. <laughs> I have that same argument with my wife. Like we're trying to teach the boys how to ride bikes. And she's like, you're just not good at teaching. Like, no, I'm excellent at teaching. We just have a son who is infinitely defiant of anything I say. Anytime I tell him to do something, he literally will do the exact opposite just to piss me off. (laughs) See, here's the it's the one area where me and Becky don't like perfectly line up in life is that I was a chef for so long that like when I do things, I do like I'm like always moving with purpose and i'm always on like a schedule and i'm always you know i'm always thinking about the next thing which is not what becky does becky is a, a normal human being <laughs> who grew up who grew up not who didn't grow up in kitchens where like people are screaming at you to do something that you've already started doing but you're still late doing it so like becky and i just have these these moments where like i'm like I try to tell her to do something and because of the way it comes out of my mouth and the tone of voice I have, and I'm just being authoritative as a chef, uh, like she instantly goes into like panic mode. So like the the information never fully sinks in. So then it's just me repeating something authoritatively at her and her like frantically trying to like process the information while making decisions that are wrong. (laughs) You know, it's like, then uh you know and then cut the tomatoes just quarter them no quarter them no quarter them quarter <laughs> yeah. the tomatoes quarter the tomatoes i no. have the same quarter them. <laughs> let me do it yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I actually have this a very similar thing trying to teach my boys how to cook because i'm the one in the house that does all the cooking and cleaning and all that stuff and so like all my boys because they see me cooking and they want to see they want to do things for themselves they want to cook and so they like want to learn how to do these things. And I tell, you know, but like when, especially when you come from a, with a kitchen background and, and you get that sort of, that's your teaching mentality. And that's how you, it's very matter of factly. And there is a right and a wrong way to do something. And there's a reason for it. And like, I always, my, my teaching method when I was teaching people in, in restaurants was I teach you the why so that you understand the how. So you will always do it right because you understand why you have to do it that way. And it's a little more tedious because the bosses want you to teach the idiot proof way and they want it to be idiot proof. Like, I'm sorry, idiot proof is terrible. Yeah. Like, I don't want idiots in my kitchen. I want people that understand why you have to do the thing and why the thing is not as simple as the bosses would like it to be. Like, I'm sorry, the complicated way is better and it makes for better cooks. The right. simple idiot proof way means if the situation changes even slightly, they don't know how to approach it. And so, and I, and I, but I still, I still like trying to teach my boys to cook. I teach them in that very, the, I teach them in the why method versus the here's how you do it. It's like, well, here's how you do it, but why do you need to do it this way? This is the reason why, because this can happen or that can happen. You need to do it in this order. 
And I argue with my wife over simple something as simple as making mac and cheese over, no, this has to go like this. I'm like, no, you don't just throw everything in there. Go, shit. You're right. Stop it. Yeah. Um, my wife, like, my wife and I argue over ramen noodles because she's a microwave ramen noodle person. And for the life of me, and I understand, I, 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 anytime somebody complains to me and you guys do it too, but every, anytime I see somebody that complains about how salty ramen noodles are, I'm like, you put them in the microwave, don't you? <laughs> that's all of my, that's my first thought is because I've had my wife's ramen noodles. And I'm just like, wait a second. Why does this taste so awful compared to when I make them? I'm like, oh, because I do it on the stove. Right. And I take the time and do it on the stove where you use a little bit more water and I don't, and you don't need to use the whole packet. And I've actually gotten to where I'll make, because I'm a fat ass inside, I will make three packets of ramen myself. Because <laughs> I'm a fat ass that way. I've been there. <laughs> I'll sit there with three packets of ramen. I'll only use two packets of seasoning and only need enough water for two of them. Like, why? Because I'm going to dump half of the broth anyway, because I don't use it. It just hydrates right. the noodles for me. Like, I just need noodles, slurp, slurp. But then, like, then it's like, so I use two packets just for the balance of flavor. I'm like, I don't need all the stuff. I'm only, I have enough packets of, of seasoning for the amount of water that I'm using, but I have a whole extra packet of noodles in there. Like, why? Because I'm hungry. <laughs> but yeah, like that whole, the method of it, it's like, yes, no, you have to boil the water and then you put the noodles in there and they have to soften and cook completely. <laughs> then you add the thing. Right. You don't just throw all the shit in there. And my stepmom would do the same thing. It's like, here, she throws the packets in, puts the water and, and the noodles and then puts it on the stove. And they're like, it's no wonder your ramen tastes like slime. <laughs> <laughs> Becky has a doneness issue. She's one of those people who like, like I'm very, like I'm, I'm all fired intensity when the fired intensity is necessary in the cooking process. But once we're at that point where it's just like, now it just cooks. Like I'm, I'm Zen and calm as a cucumber. And that's when I do my explaining about why we just did everything the way we did it. But like in the moment, I'm like, I need those pickles cut now. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> that's why nobody cooks with me. That's why I actually do Thanksgiving dinner um, all my own because everybody has learned that I, when I have, like, I get it in my head. And I, after this many years, I can do Thanksgiving dinner blindfolded all by myself and everything's going to come out perfectly on time and hot and everything's together and it's great. And I've got that down. And if somebody comes into my kitchen, it fucks me up. And now I can't just like, this is off and that is off. Why? Because you came and took a job that in my head I knew had to be done here. And this had to be done at this point, And this had to be done at that point. And now I don't know what the fuck you're doing and what I'm doing. And everything's all fucked up. And my sister and my wife have both tried helping me, helping me with Thanksgiving dinner before. And they usually get really mad at me because I'm so much the, no, I got it. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, but, but I got it. It's like, because method and like, and, and routine and order and like cooking is, there's, there's so much method. It's like kitchen people are, don't like when people come into their kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. And if you're going to be there, you gotta, like, and if you're going to be there, you gotta fit. Yeah. Like I better not run into you or trip over you or like be slowed down by you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, and uh, I told, like, I had to explain to Becky at one point, 
because uh, that like I am just like when I am cooking, uh, there is a a it is like a football player putting his football helmet on. Like the minute my knives are out and the heat is on, I am just in like pure focus mode, and like I do not I like I'm not get, like I'm just I. I have not been programmed to babysit you. As a chef once told me, you are a wall of stupid that I'm going to <laughs> yell at until you break or hold up, you know, like, <sighs> so like, yeah, I, I, I want to like, it, I always feel bad if I get except like if it's an exceptionally tense moment, but like, sometimes it's like, cause she just doesn't have that like kitchen clock built into her. So I'll be like, clean and have the or have and clean those brussels sprouts and she'll be like okay and then like i'll do stuff and i know like you said i know exactly how long it takes to have and clean 30 brussels sprouts and i look over and she's like one quarter of the way done and i'm like you need to move faster <laughs> you know um and she, like i told her one time because she got so offended i was like i need you to be my sous chef for this and she goes all right what do you want me to and this is like the first time i asked her to cook with me i was like i need you to stand there be out of my way and do exactly what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. And that's it. I was like, you are basically a second set of hands. Don't do any thinking for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a good way to sleep on the couch. (laughs) Yeah. She was like, what? I was like, I'm sorry, but that's like, I want you to help me. But like, that's basically what like, don't, don't ask me what I'm doing. Don't ask me what, you need to do if i need you to do something i will tell you exactly what to do it and now we are in like such a perfect rhythm in the kitchen and when, whenever she helps me because she knows to just stand out of my way until i'm like give me an onion <laughs> uh grab me the the liquid smoke <laughs> yeah i can do that with my boys but not with my wife <laughs> like i charlie was super excited and we've actually started doing a thing where every week the boys get to pick one dinner and so we have a couple of like kids cookbooks and so they'll go through and they get to pick a whole dinner with a sometimes with a dessert or or a special drink or whatever and every week it's they kind of rotate whose turn is it next and this week was Charlie's and he picked uh stuffed meatballs and spaghetti it's like simple like I've done meatballs fine but I've never done like cheese stuffed meatballs before I was like okay he picked that and he was not paying attention the last two weeks when his brothers were picking and he didn't realize he had to help. We're like, oh no, oh. your dinner, you're helping. We're like, I'm going to do a lot of the legwork here, but you have to help. You have to be, you know, if I need something, you need to get it. You need to get all of the things together for me to make this. And like, once he got into it, he like, was like, okay, here's the recipe. Bye, dad. Like, oh, no, get, get, get your ass back here. <laughs> and he had to, <laughs> and like, but once he started like making meatballs and like forming them and sh- like showing him, here's how you actually roll a meatball. Like, no, you have to kind of press down a little bit more, otherwise it's gonna fall apart. And like, okay, and then when you take the little the cheese, you gotta stuff it in all the way and then close it and roll it and make sure that it's all the way in the middle so that it doesn't puff out. And I could when they were done cooking, I could see all of his meatballs on the tray, but <laughs> he's 10. I'm not going to hyper criticize him for the first time. He made stuffed meatballs. It was right. the first time I made stuffed meatballs. So like mine. And then my wife was like, why didn't you just use the cheese curds? Because I was going to try and fry the cheese curds. Like last time they failed. So oh. <laughs> trying to do um, cheese curds in an air fryer. And I guess my breading wasn't quite right. So uh, they all melted. So I had like McDonald's cheese. 
<laughs> was it like there was at the McDonald's uh, mozzarella sticks where there was actually there was no cheese in them in the end? Right. Like yeah, that's basically what all my cheese curds looked like. They were like uh, cheese lined balls of breading, and there was a puddle of cheese at the bottom of my air fryer. <laughs> like, like you know, no, I'm not wasting this. And I was picking up and just munching on the ch- the melted cheese from the air, from the pan, and we ate. And then some of them didn't melt all the way through, but we're like, uh, like another try I, later. <laughs> I think you're a kitchen guy, so I think you'll appreciate this. I made chicken parm last night, to which I'm on a diet, but because I'm a chef, I know all the hacks to change, like, to, like make things a little more healthier. You know, it's like, well, I'll just cut out the salt and I'll replace the breading with whole wheat, and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I made chicken parm, but when I went to cheese it at the very end, uh, I was putting cheese like well off all the pieces of chicken, you know, like down on like a two inch ring of cheese around each of the pieces uh, reach around each of the chicken, t- uh, chicken portions. And she's like, why are you, pu- why are you putting the cheese? Like, you, are you meaning to miss that badly? <laughs> and I was like, do you not know of the magic of burnt cheese? <laughs> like, Trust me, when I pull this out, this has this burnt mozzarella cheese skirt on it. You are gonna want to fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, what's it? Uh, the Parmesan chips. It's an. There's an entire dish based around taking Parmesan cheese, just sprinkling it on a griddle and letting it melt down into a chip. Oh yeah, I make them all the time. They're delicious. They're great for soup. Yeah, I'm not a soup person, so I don't. My wife like. I'm one of those people, and I'm that weird cook guy who I can make damn near anything, but I don't eat much. And so I can sit there and make foods that I will never eat, and I can make it to perfection without ever having tasted it, and nobody understands how I do it. I'm like, why? Brain. Like In my brain, <laughs> I can sit there and make this thing without, like, was it Cutthroat Kitchen where they had the no-tasting rule? Like, oh, you get nobody gets to taste their food except that guy. He just spent two thousand dollars to have tasting spoons. Nobody else can taste their food. <laughs> but <laughs> see, I would pay to taste my food. I, I operate a lot on taste yeah. uh, for my recipes. Like, I'm one of those people where I uh Becky has a better palate than me, actually. But like if I go to a restaurant and I taste something chances are i'm going to walk away with a like 90 percent idea of exactly how to do exactly what i just ate which is really nice because then me and becky can go somewhere try something and be like that's really good and then just i'll make it from then on out we'll never have to go back to the restaurant yeah rihanna has a habit of like there'd be a lot of things that she'd like from restaurants or whatever and like it's expensive or like it'd be like a meal service or something and be like, oh yeah, they have this thing and they have this Greek platter and it's really good. And it's like the chicken and, and there's, there's Mediterranean green beans and this and this and this. And like, but it's so expensive. And like, I want to order it, but, and then I forget what, what place it is where they, they do that. But for the sake of, of transparency, they put the full ingredient list online. Like, so you can see here's the nutritional information and here are all right. the ingredients. So you can see. That we're being completely transparent and honest with you. It's all, you know, straightforward, no fillers, blah, blah, blah. Right. So here's everything. So she's like, okay, here's the name of the dish. Didn't even give me a picture. Here's the name of the dish and the ingredient list. And it consists of this and this side and this thing and this thing. I'm like, 
All right. <laughs> Given a name and a list of, of final items and a, a list of ingredients, make it. And she's like, how do you do that? <laughs> oh, yeah. And she's like, how did you do that? It's like, you've never, I've never eaten this thing before. She has this whole platter that, that is like this Mediterranean chicken and, and green beans and potatoes and all this stuff that she had from this place. And I, for the life of me, can't remember what it is. And she's like, here's the, here's the ingredient list and all this stuff. And like, go. And she's like, and I'm just in my brain. It's like, okay, I need to do this. And then the garlic needs to go here. And this needs to be marinated like this. And this needs to go here. And this, 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 this. And this needs to simmer for this long. And I make this plate that she just dies over every time. And she's like, I could eat this every day. I've never once tasted it. <laughs> Not at all. Because nothing to it. Well, I, I'm, I'm okay with the chicken on it. It's like, Nothing on that plate is really appetizing to me. And so I'm like, meh, whatever. Like, I know it was like, at the very least, she might say it needs salt. It probably doesn't. Because, but like here, but that's it. She's like sitting there just dying over this thing that I've now made a hundred times, never once having tasted it or anything remotely close to it, just based on a name and an ingredient list. It's like, how do you do that? How do you make that, it? Like, <laughs> nobody understands it. Like, I don't understand it. I just do. <laughs> <laughs> that might be, that might be a, a blessing in disguise because I always make a recipe. Like if I have to, like, you know, it's basically the same thing. Like if I, if I can taste it, or if I if somebody, Becky finds a recipe, she's like, "I'd like to try this." I read over the recipe, and I go, "Okay," and then I make it. And then, um, but I always taste it, and then I start fiddling with it. <laughs> you know, like then I start like getting into my like mad scientist mode, where I'm like, "I think I can make this better," and I just start like fine tuning it to my palate. <laughs> yeah, like, and I don't, tr I don't ever base anything i make if i am eating like oh i'm making meatloaf or I'm making whatever i never base anything on what i think because it doesn't matter what i think i'm not the only one eating it you guys all have to eat it like there are five other people in this house who have to eat what i'm making so i care more <laughs> about are you guys do you guys like it are you guys going to eat it because it doesn't matter if i think it's all right if i'm the only one <laughs> yeah see that's and that's the difference too like my mom is always being like why don't you guys like eat like because she's always like she's like you guys always eat such fancy foods and like even on our cheapest like even when we have the like a little more money we we don't really eat fancy i just gus it all up real good you know i mean i make the fat girl look pretty <laughs> i shouldn't say that fat girls there there are plenty of pretty fat girls um uh uh and as a fat guy i got no room to talk yeah, I'm, no, I'm, i was like i'm, I'm even 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 if I'm skinny, I'm gonna be ugly. Um, so uh, there's a reason that I don't do video and that I have my <laughs> pop filter covering my face. Just saying. But uh, yeah, like I I just guess it all up. But my mom's always like, "Why don't you ever make simple stuff like this?" And she'll list off dishes like meatloaf, and I'm like, "How do you make a meatloaf for two people, mom?" And she's like, "Well, you can have the leftovers. You need it all week." I was like, "We don't want to eat meatloaf all week," you know. I know how you make meatloaf for two people. And this is actually something, it was a, a little uh, hack that we figured out a while back. Is you get those little foil, like mini bread pans and you build them in those. Oh, that's a good idea. I don't see. You can actually even put those in, because um, now, because we have an instant pot, I do bundt cake meatloaf. 
Okay. So I have like a six inch, I think it's a six inch bunt pan that fits inside the Instant Pot. And so I do meatloaf in that, which when you got, also means you got the slices already pre-done there with the bunt rings. And <laughs> that's very nice. <laughs> but that's smart, dude. Or you can just take those little individual bread molds and just do like the foil ones or whatever. And you can do that in an oven too. But you just put those little individual small things and then everybody has their own individual little meatloaf and it's really good for kids and portioning too because like one kid or adult two there you go and right. very nifty and they freeze beautifully <laughs> huh. see i don't think about that see i don't make meatloaf because the only way i the only way i've ever made meatloaf is making a big ass meatloaf yeah like at least a, a regular size loaf pan and so i don't I don't ever think about meatloaf, and it's like, yeah, I'll eat, I want, but I, the thing is, is I'm only going to want one meatloaf dinner and one meatloaf sandwich, and then I'm going to be done with meatloaf, and we're going to have like half a brick of meatloaf left. But yeah, like, so, but the way we eat, like, our Becky's friends are so jealous, which I'm secretly very, uh, very proud of, is that she always, you know, she goes to work with her lunches, and people are like, oh my God, your food is so amazing. Like, I wish I had a husband who was a chef, and I'm just like, yeah, eat it, bitches. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Rihanna would get like, like that for a while, but like it was funny because something as simple as cutting up a watermelon, like I I cube it. Like if if you're right. like cutting up watermelon, you're going to hack the whole thing up for lunch purposes. You have to cut it into cubes that will fit in right. a a travel container. And for the longest time, the people like her her coworkers thought that she was buying pre cut watermelons. Like no, my husband <laughs> just cuts it up. Like well, how does he do that? And like. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a knife. <laughs> and also, yeah. And also because it's just me and Becky, like, you know, the ingredients we use, like we don't, we don't buy things in family sized portions. Yeah. You know, like an onion will last us almost a week unless I have to make something that requires a lot of onion. Just so it's like, we can, we can eat cheap, but it's always like we're eating out because it's just basically like, like we almost have fictional restaurants in our, in our heads that we just like go to because I'm like, what do you want to eat? She's like, chicken bond me. I was like, sweet, let's do it. <laughs> like, then I just make it. And because it's just the two of you, you can kind of spend the time to, you know, like if it's just you guys, you can be like, okay, well, this is what we're making. It's going to take this long. All right, fine. Or I don't want to wait that long. <laughs> right. Like When you got kids, you're going to get to put out now. Yeah, <laughs> like meatloaf well, night. My kids get really impatient because meatloaf takes time. Yeah, and then roasted potatoes to go with meatloaf takes time. <laughs> takes time. Yeah, I can always tell when Becky's really hungry because she'll ask me how long does it take to cook dinner. Like yeah. she'll be like, "What are we having for dinner?" I'll be like, "Oh, we're having like some chicken and roasted Brussels sprouts and some other things." She'll be like, "How long does it take?" And I'll be like, 40 minutes." She'll be like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, we're having like pizza." <laughs> <laughs> Like we're buying pizza. Like why? I'm right. not. I'm. <laughs> I'm on a diet. She'd be like, "Then you can eat whatever later." I'm eating pizza now. Yeah. Like all right, I'm gonna like I'm gonna go grab a sandwich while I'm waiting for your meal. <laughs> she is a a notorious before meal snacker, but she's also like she eats more than I do, and she's a tiny girl, and I don't know where she puts it. Yeah, eventually her metabolism will catch up to her. Same to like me right around 30. <laughs> I I like I'll make a meal. I'll eat like half my plate and she won't even ask me if I want to save the rest. She'll just take my plate and finish <laughs> it. 
<laughs> listening to you guys for like the last God, three years now, at least. And like, I, I'm, I'm painfully familiar with, with Becky's eating habits. <laughs> yeah. She legit growls. Like if you threaten her food, <laughs> she's, she's like, a, she's like a, an animal. <gasps> I just I, like, yeah. Like when we started this diet, she's like, I don't know how I'm going to survive. And I'm like, I'm actually doing pretty good. Like I really didn't eat, like I really didn't eat that bad to begin with. Like, yeah, I maybe ate, you know, too many cheeseburgers and, you know, like I had one too many, one or two too many cheeseburgers a week, and maybe we don't need to get order pizza every week. But like for the most part, like my portion size is right on, and it's just the chips and candy I got to stop and pop. I got to stop, you know, doing. And like she is the exact opposite. She's like carries around a water bottle all day. She snacks on blueberries. She's like she's so healthy. But then like when it comes to like meal time. She puts it away like nobody's business and is like, I want a foot long cheesesteak to myself with triple meat. <laughs> mm, cheesesteak. <laughs> yeah. For me, cheesesteaks all have to come from food trucks. And I've got two that I that I trust at this point. <laughs> oh, dude. I love a good food truck cheesesteak. I love a good food truck anything. I wish we had more food trucks around here. I think we got like five now. I think we have like 50. No, yeah. there's at least a hundred because I know that food stock actually dialed back the second year that we went, they went from 80 trucks the first year and we knew we could probably name a dozen that weren't there to, they were like, oh, well, it got really crowded last year. So we're, we're limiting the, the spread to 50 trucks and you end up with like two or three of everything, but then we get like there are two different lobster roll trucks that are from Maine that basically are like like touring food trucks and they are they the cousins Maine lobster guys we get cousins Maine and we get the Maine lobster lady cuz i met those guys they're very nice yeah they basically park out here in the spring <laughs> those guys are out here a lot actually they were just um uh, like this the spring season for food trucks out here, we get all of those, like the main lobster lady, I think last year at food stock, the line for that truck was two hours. Jeez. And like to the point where she's got a spot reserved at the end of the field, because that's kind of like, she's, she's actually getting out here a little early. I think she's actually starting out next week, this week or next week, but they have a big food truck meet every friday out at this like sam's club parking lot and like yeah and they just like have like a dozen trucks and they just ring the lot and it's never the same trucks every week they they rotate them all around and it's you know get pizza guys and it, there's like scratch italian food and lobster rolls and that sounds like heaven because like around here like number one we have winter so yeah. <laughs> like all food, any food truckage that would happen is going to shut down for four or five months. Um, and then on top of that, there's not like the food truck people we do have, there's not a lot of real competition. So like the standards aren't really too high necessarily. Like no one's, no one's really worried about doing anything other than just like, you know, like they, they probably have an idea and they probably, you know, I'm sure they believe in their food, but like, 
a, a burger is a burger, you know, like when, like if you're just doing like a burger with American cheese or cheddar cheese, it's and the standard toppings. It's just like any other burger. So you just, you know, you have end up with a lot of people doing basically the same thing and a few really good food trucks. But the problem is that the few really good food trucks around here, they don't do like the, hey, we're parked out here on the street kind of thing. They're always booked at some event or they're like set up in some spot or they're they're traveling to some something because that's how they make their money. Because like people around here just I don't know, like I live in one of those places where it's a lot of like there's a big age split. Like we don't have a ton of like young people. (laughs) So uh like it it pretty much there's a giant gap between like 18 and 30 uh where like that's the lowest population so like the ch- chain restaurants do really well around here you know and yeah. it's just like it's unfortunate it it makes me sad because i want more places to eat so i don't have to always cook but my choices are pretty limited because like i said there's only a few places around here that are doing anything really good and they just kind of like rise immediately to the top of the pile because their competition isn't super stiff so it's like there's that big gap in that scale of like you know there's applebee's and then there's uh the freight house and the freight house is like good but it's on that still like got a leg and mediocre it should it should throw them under the bus but oh well like it doesn't take much like you don't have to be fabulous to get to the top of the top of the pile when right. the when like when the pool for talent is so so shallow, it doesn't take much to rise to the top. And right. like we're not gonna have we don't we're not gonna exert ourselves so hard when we don't have to. Right. It's it, like I live I live in one of those areas where it's like a lot of new restaurants close not because their food sucks, it's because they haven't been there for forty years. Yeah, you know. And then the new ones that stick around, they stick around because like they're the only place that is attractive to like the hip young money spending crowd, yeah. you know? And then Becky and I, usually if the hip young money spending crowd is around, that's where we don't want to go. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> wants to be around them. <laughs> yeah. Like we don't have money and we're not that young. So we'll go to the other sushi restaurant. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, I wish we had more food truck game around here. We got a really good Irish food truck. We got a really good Argentinian food truck and we got a really good uh like fish taco truck. Yeah, out here it's like there's so much of everything that you have to like you have to pick and choose and there's like like well yeah, there's like four of that kind of truck. You got to figure out which one you like, which one is actually any good. Like I I I think I've sampled almost every cheesesteak truck in the valley at this point before I found the two that I actually like. And it's just like, okay, who's here this week? And we've tried a bunch of of uh, fry bread because Ooh, I love fry my bread. wife, we went to the uh, Hoop Dance uh, National Finals a few years ago. And it was actually a, my wife needed to like, uh, observe a multicultural like a culture other than her own and so it's like hey hoop dancing competition and turns at there was this award-winning fry bread truck there and she had never had fry bread in her life and so she had a fry bread taco for the first time and what they call a sonora sunrise which is That's this a special moment yeah <laughs> and she, she's like she, she'd never had 
anything like that before. And this is absolutely now hands down her favorite food truck. And we only maybe see them twice a year because they are so big and they do so many big things. Like you're saying, the big events and stuff that when it's the smaller stuff that we usually go to nearby, they're not there. They're over on the other side of town somewhere doing some big event or they're at one of the bigger uh, things like the surprise monthly food truck festival at the park. They're not likely to be there. It's going to be one of the smaller fry bread trucks that are okay, but we'd much rather get Emerson. (laughs) Like they have a farm where they actually grow all of their produce so that they have fresh produce and all that like what their their sonora sunrise that's like a passion fruit or or something lemonade that they make or orange that's a whole crazy thing it's all sorts of swirly bright colors and it is absolutely delicious they grow all of the fruit for it for the juice for it themselves so that they have a regular supply (laughs) that's awesome the closest you're going to get around here with something like that is going to be people like, we know the farmer who raised the cow that this burger came from. Uh, one of the one of the big tragedies of my life is that uh, the Argentinian food truck is open during hours when I can't go. <laughs> and they have like, they have a sandwich that might be my favorite sandwich of all time if I could just eat it more often. Because I... I've tried to get other things on their menu and I can never muster up the actual like will to do to order anything but this one sandwich. Yeah. I'm I'm like and I'm one of those really weird simple people where I don't get like a lot of complicated food. When I like a thing, I get the thing and I kind of stick with it. I'm boring right. that way. No, I get it. This is I'm not really like that. I'm one of those people that I always want to try new things and this there's so many items on this menu that sound good, but I always am like I'll just take the chori pan. And you want to talk about simple. It is the most beautiful, simplistic sandwich ever. It is an Argentinian sausage like sandwich on a hoagie roll with mayonnaise, chimichurri, tomato, and onion. And it is just like, okay, this is this is perfection. Like I want to <laughs> weep. This is so beautiful. And I like seriously, Becky gets the gaucho burger and the the gringo burger and the hardanero burger, and she gets the the chori papas and all that, all this stuff, and they're all delicious. I've tasted almost all of them, but I can never not order that one sandwich because I'm just like, I have to have it. If I don't get it, I'm going to spend the rest of the day regretting not getting it. I did a similar thing with walleye. I'm on a diet, so I'm not supposed to eat a bunch of fried food, but one of our local places that has really good walleye just started selling their walleye again, and I was like, I'm not leaving here without a walleye piece of walleye. <laughs> She's like, but you're dying. <laughs> Fuck diet. I want the fish. Yeah, diets. <laughs> I've been really fortunate that, like this time, it was just like a, a, the my doctor made me speak with a nutritionist, and they like when I by the time I went in there, I was like, I know what I got to do, and they're like, tell me. So I was just like, I got this amount of sodium a day, this amount of this, this amount of that. And they're like, okay, and then I basically just started going through the recipes I loved and hacking them. Like, how could I, like, all right, get rid of the butter, replace it with this. Get rid of the sugar, replace it with this. Get rid of the salt, replace it with this. And, yeah, I've been well, managing yeah, that's, good. It, it, it helps when you have the cooking background so you kind of know what to do and 
You don't just sit there like, oh, I have to cut this out and I have to cut this out of my diet. And you're just in panic mode because you don't know what to do. Like, what can I eat now? Right. <laughs> Becky has been amazed at like, she's like, I can't believe this is all diet food. And I'm like, eh? <laughs> but I mean, most of it is just portions. And I had the similar thing with my wife. So because she's she has a, a thyroid problem and the medication they gave her for it basically has caused her to now have a gluten sensitivity, which sucks. And it also messes with her taste buds. So things that she used to like now taste awful to her. Oh, that sucks. And any gluten, anything just tears up her system. She like doesn't get, you know, like nauseous from it. She's not going to go to the hospital, but it is imagine like super extreme lactose intolerance type reactions to anything gluten. And so we're like trying to figure out like gluten free menu and stuff for her that she can take like breakfast, lunch, dinner stuff. Right. And like, it, it really was that like, like, well, it's just this. I don't know what else to eat. I'm like, well, what about this and this thing and this thing that we do? Like, this is, you know, something as simple as like, okay, if I'm making pizza, what's not to say we can't have, like, you know, even if it's just like a, was it fresh or whatever, gluten-free yeah. pizza that she can have? Or, like, I, we buy the gluten-free Bisquick for, like, last night I made pancakes. Right. And... Like, well, I have regular pancakes for us and I have the gluten-free pancakes for her because the the gluten-free pancakes taste a little funny, but she's, she's okay with, with those tasting funny versus like gluten-free pasta tastes like ass. Right. And so would you like, um, spaghetti night? She's like, no, just make extra meatballs for me. I'm not eating this. It's like, I'm not getting any gluten-free pasta. That stuff takes like crap. Like, fair enough. But it's stuff like we'll make corn dogs in the, the, uh, the, instant pot because you can do that um in a very similar thing to like the meatloaf thing we'll use uh little silicone uh muffin cups and use like little smokies and we'll get the the reds why do i say the the bob's red mill or whatever it is um right the cornbread mix which is gluten-free and we'll just make that and we'll put them in the instant pot and you get these really moist little corn dog bite type things and we're like well these are gluten-free you can have corn dogs and like you could just have a toddler food night and have corn dogs and we could get some gluten-free mac and cheese it's like rice noodle based like yeah that's okay and we're like yeah it's like when you start thinking about all the things we can gluten-free a menu fairly simply right yeah yeah like becky was all like what are we going to do if everything's sugar-free and can't have salt and has to be low fat and i'm just like We'll just adjust it with all with ingredients that cover that stuff up. Like, uh, cause I have to be low carb. We got this sugar-free whole wheat bread that, uh, it's like nine carbs per slice. And so I made French toast and I, for, I took some, we got some, a sugar substitute and I took some fresh berries and I threw it in a pot with a little water and I made a quick like berry syrup, you know, and she's eating it and she's like, I can't like I got some fat free whipped cream that basically has nothing in it. It's just basically whipped air. I don't know how they do it. Yeah, I'm like, wait, how do you do whipped cream without fat? That's kind of Dude, where the whip it, comes from. It is amazing. It tastes just like whipped cream, but it literally has like 
one gram of sugar in it, you know? And it's like, I can eat like a cup of this stuff. Like, uh, so yeah, I whipped cream and the, all the French toast with some turkey bacon. And she's just like eating it. And she goes, you know, I was thought I was going to really miss like real French toast with like real sugar and real whipped cream and real bacon. But like, this is like just as good. And I was like, Hey, it's all just what you do with it. You know? And Becky's Becky's a little was a little more of a food snob when I when we first got together. She was the one who like I I could tell she had been bullied at one point about her choice of foods because she was like I don't like tater tots and I was like What do you mean you don't like tater tots? <laughs> who doesn't like tater tots? What kind of inhuman monster doesn't like tater tots? She's like I don't like tater tots and I don't like sausage and I was like What the whole category of sausages you're just out on like. There's a there's a million different kinds of sausage. You won't eat any of them. And since then, she's become a lot less of a food snob. But like, she had fallen back in love with tater tots because, hey man, I'm from the Midwest. I know how to make a hot dish. <laughs> so I've made a hot dish. I've made you know like just like different kinds of loaded tots, like pulled pork tater tots and BLT tater tots and all this good stuff. And we've seen a lot of that. And uh, like that was a good like we do that on like movie nights. Hey, let's make tater tot snack. So now we don't have that. So we found cauliflower tots and now she is being the one who's like, I like the cauliflower tots better than the regular tater tots. And I'm like, you're insane. <laughs> they're fine. But they're- <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, cauliflower has become the substitute for everything. I was like, I'm sorry. Cauliflower pizza is not right, but you know, fine. You can pretend it tastes like pizza all you want, but you know, <laughs> It tastes like everything on top of the cauliflower crust tastes like pizza. Yeah. <laughs> everything on top tastes like pizza. It's just that crust that doesn't taste like pizza. You got to, and I'm a crust guy. Like, I like a Detroit, like two inch thick crust pizza yeah. some, sometimes. And, uh, like, I just, like, I had to make one of those the other day because I, I told Big, I was like, get me three green giant cauliflower pizza crusts. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, I cut them all in half and I, and I just, I froze three of them and I took the other three of them and I stacked them in the bottom of a loaf pan. And then I made two squares of Detroit deep dish pizza. And I was like, we can eat this, but only this, like there is no, like <laughs> this is carb limit for this meal. <laughs> like, but yeah, it, she, she ended up eating it and being like, this is, I think this is like amazing. And like, I want to eat this every day. And I was like, well, we can't. But it's good to know that we can make a passable Detroit pizza out of cauliflower crust. Like this can't be an everyday thing. But you know what? When we really need a pizza, right here, because <laughs> oh man, like the those crusts are so thin. Yeah, <laughs> like gluten free means cardboard thin, and yeah. uh, and I, I don't mean cardboard for flavor, which I mean a lot of them are, but it it means there's leavening cannot happen right without the properties of gluten and until you come up with a something that can replicate the properties of gluten you're you're making matzah yep <laughs> it's hard so yeah so like all i did was like i said they have the quarter inch thick it's the thickest cauliflower pizza crust <laughs> i could find quarter inch thick i stacked three of them up i had layer of cheese in between all of them to glue them together and i just like topped it like pizza mushrooms onions green pepper uh, threw it in the oven at like 400 until the cheese on the sides was burnt and crispy pulled it out and it was it was 
it was just enough to be like, all right, this satisfied the craving I had <laughs> for Detroit deep dish pizza. But like now is the countdown to the next craving that I have to figure something <laughs> drastic out for. But at least you have the skill set to to figure to to make do. So most people don't have that. So Becky cried laughing because she got to witness the moment I realized I could still eat chicken wings. <laughs> but I was just like thinking about like what can I eat that's like you know just never. And I was like, oh, I can make chicken wings. <laughs> She's like, are you okay? And I was like, like because I just like sat up and like eyes went wide. And she's like, are you okay? And I was like, I just realized I could make chicken wings. And she's like, what? And I was like, shut up. I'm processing this. <laughs> like I'm figuring out how to make a like salt free hot sauce. Like, give me two minutes. <laughs> that's probably gotta be the hardest part of it. <laughs> oh yeah. That's it's terrible. It's like hot sauce is basically made of salt and peppers and vinegar. <laughs> yeah. And uh without it, it tastes pretty much like vinegar and spice. Yeah. And not much else. But you mix it with enough plant butter and uh I use a little this hot sauce I found that's like low sodium hot sauce and they just thicken it with carrot puree and stuff. Uh, so I just use a little bit of that and uh, then my homemade buffalo sauce and it came out pretty good. Pretty <laughs> proud of it. But yeah, it was so good. We had it tw- two nights in a row. Hot wings and tater tots. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a chef. You know, I, I can cook flawless four star food. But uh, sometimes you just want chicken wings. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you want chicken wings and tater tots. Like, I'm sorry. I just spent all day cooking fancy shit. Somebody passed the mac and cheese. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, no, 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 not that lobster, that fancy lobster shit. Where's the craft box? No, I need something brain dead. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's, a, I think a lot of cooks understand that where it's like you spend all day cooking like, you know, $40 a plate food, $50, $60 a plate food. And then, you go home and you're like, where's that bologna I've had for a month? <laughs> yeah. Like, so you want to craft singles and bologna with the red on, with the red string right. on the outside. <laughs> right. On Wonder Bread. You don't wonder. take the string off. <laughs> You've just got like a mustard packet from a gas station. Your fridge is like basically empty. You're like, you know what? Fuck it. This tastes good. Damn it. Shut up. <laughs> like your toddler lunch is perfectly fine sometimes. In my early, I remember in my early days of uh, cooking, like being at work all day, just making amazing looking food, working with the best ingredients, and then going home and making myself like chili out of like a can of like like a like little like it's like the ranch style beans and a pack of ground beef. <laughs> yeah, like like not even a pack of ground beef. Like I would literally get like those um those little potted those little tins of like potted meat you know oh god <laughs> like i would get the barbecue flavor potted meat and then i would just go home and i would put it like put it on the stove with some water and ketchup and and then like i had i always had a stocked spice cupboard because i knew that was the one thing <laughs> yep. i needed was spices but like just like this is what i can afford working as a cook for eight dollars an hour making food for rich people <laughs> yeah like stuff like that's why i gave up on culinary school we're like wait there's jack shit for money in this business until yep. you basically are the big boss guy you make shit yeah and like i can't afford that I was like i'm sorry i'm i'm making more money as a manager in fast food right now than i will make in 10 years as a chef sorry i got bills to pay today 
Yep. And, so, and it's all in where you worked too. Yeah. Like, like cooking is the one job where I hate to say it, but like when somebody says like, Oh, you're also getting paid in experience. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Because like, if you work at the right place, that on your resume and a good, a good like note from them, although give it some time because every time you leave a cooking job, the, the owner will hate you for at least a year. Um, but like, if you have it on your resume and that you have a good, good, uh, recommendation from there that can take you to a lot of places. I know from experience because I got higher than I had any business to be working as a cook just because I worked at the right places for the right people. All right. Yeah. Man. I yeah. think I've tied you up like last minute tied you up. <laughs> <laughs> I was mean, like call, get, like messaging you hey you busy crapshoot just knowing that for the most part you're free during the day sometimes yep. I was just making a turkey bacon BLT <laughs> like, so I've tied up your last two hours <laughs> yeah so, since I, I harangued you into this and we didn't do an introduction why don't you tell my weird ass listeners if they're still around after we've probably made them really hungry and they bailed to go get lunch. <laughs> this is what always happens on our show is we always like, if we eat before the show, we're too tired. We are always in like meat comas. We can't do anything like taco coma. We can't do like the show is awful <laughs> or like right around the 30 minute mark. Somebody mentions food. and We all realize how hungry we are. We spend the next 30 minutes talking about food. Yep. <laughs> Which is why you all had Foodie Fridays for so long. It's like, oh, we're going to yeah. relegate the food talk to one day of the week. And I would definitely like to bring that back at some point because we're starting to slip back into like too much food talk. Yeah. <laughs> but let's tell my dear listener who the fuck you are. <laughs> uh, I'm Matt, and I'm one of the hosts of Pre Recorded Live, a weekly podcast about nothing in particular. This is very much what it is. Yeah. Just me, me, my best friend, and my wife sitting around and just talking this shit and going off on crazy tangents. Yeah, and it used to be a little more formatted. Like when you guys were originally, you could say, a more traditional nerd show. Yeah, we used to be a lot more of a traditional nerd show, but like, uh, we were all poor and from the Midwest, so we're like the least connected people to that kind of stuff. Like, so we're, we, once we realized, like, you know, it's not as much fun to just report on stories like fourth hand. Like, I read in this article that this person did that, you know, like, that's all we could really do. So we just abandoned the structure. And now we just kind of like have a free form conversation. And who knows, structure might work its way back into it at some point. But right now we're, we're just having fun finding out what the show is as we do it. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I still listen because uh, for me, and I, I'm very much that personalities drive my listening like i listen to you for you not necessarily for the format of the show because there's shows i listen to where i probably wouldn't have listened to this were not for the host and the personalities and i'm drawn to that and i still for the life of me cannot remember how the fuck it was that i started listening to you guys other than maybe hearing your promo on somebody else's show at some point back when everybody was running promos. <laughs> yeah, we used to, we used to do that. Yeah. 
at, the, at a certain point we were on a like basically a make an ad hoc network called the Potter Family Network, where it was supposed to be everybody trades promos, but only a couple people actually did. And uh, ever uh, since then, we have kind of fallen off that. Yeah, a lot of the like I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually one of the admins in the Potter Family Facebook group. Uh, I'm I'm actually connected with all of the higher ups in 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 the Potter Family as it exists today, right? And yeah, like as far as the Twitter thing goes, a lot of them it just fell off because it got so big, and it became just like it went so overused, and suddenly everything is is tagged Potter and Family, and you're just so flooded with it, and you just started everyone started tuning it out, and yeah. a lot of the the shows that were doing promo swaps and things like that stopped running promos, and I was like, well fuck this was like the big and it's part of why i still do it is i still run promos every show because i like promoting other shows and it's it's always been a big thing for me is to get the word out about other podcasts because that's the best way to learn about new things is like you're not going to necessarily seek them out so you oh absolutely like, like if you get it. It's all word of mouth. Well, I don't talk to a lot of people. So the best thing for me is to share the stuff that I'm into, or here's just a promo for another show. I don't even listen to these guys, but you know what? I have their thing and maybe you might want to listen to them. So here's this show about, here's a, like a true crime promo. Like I'll play right. true crime promos. I'll play stuff that's like, I, I don't listen to this fucking show, but you know what? I'm not going to keep like, I don't endorse the shows that I play promos for, if, if I endorse a show, it's getting featured. But it's like, I don't necessarily, as long as you're not like some screaming racist, I'm not going to, you know, run the promo for the neo-Nazi podcast. But other than that, I really don't give a fuck. I'll play whatever promo because, hey, you want some, some airtime? Go for it. Fuck, yeah, if you want to come on the show and just bullshit with me and then and promote your show for a little while, fuck it, go for it. Because everybody needs somewhere to be able to spread the word about their show as long as you're not the screaming racist neo-nazi podcast absolutely but <laughs> other than that i like i i like i like helping the community and i still hold true to that wanting to spread the love and that's why i get you guys on here and i wish i could like timing wise get the whole crew but i realized basically the time y'all have together is when y'all are recording your show <laughs> yeah most of the time that or like if Joe, like Joe's got a girlfriend now, so we don't see him as much as we used to. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. They were like, like, wait, when did Joe get a girlfriend? Like, I heard that on, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was like, when did this happen? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very recent, but it, it did go from like, we'd see Joe on podcast day and then like, you'd see him for like an hour on Tuesday and maybe an hour on Thursday and he'd come over and stop by for two hours on Friday. Now we don't see him except for podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> It happens, you know, when suddenly but there's it, another, yeah. there's another girl in his life besides his dog. And so. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and we couldn't be happy for him because it's, yeah, you know, he, he's a, uh, he, he, he's in a tough situation because he lives in the same town he grew up in. He can't drive because of his bad eye and, and he works at a place that's mostly full of teenagers. So like his dating pool was very small. So when he was like, Hey, I met this girl, we're like, Awesome. Yeah. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy for him because yeah. like it 
I don't interact with with Joe much because Joe doesn't really do like technology and yeah so. he's he's less active on social media than i am and i'm almost non-existent yeah <laughs> like most social media interaction i have is your episode posts and becky's instagram and right so like a lot of like um you know neil part dying and like me reaching out to you hey uh you might want to uh let joe know about this or uh, I see something on somewhere and I'll tag Becky or like, Hey, Becky, <laughs> like, right. Let Matt, like Matt might want to see this. Or, <laughs> so they might want to get a kick out of this, something like that. Like, I want to, I want to get better at social media, but I just have like this, like, like, again, I have another like existential fear about it where I'm just like, nobody gives a shit what I have to say. Like, this is from a guy who hosts a podcast. I just believe in my heart that no one cares about what I have to say. Like, I just record the podcast and put it out of the ether. Like, you and maybe three other people I'm aware of who listen to us, I don't know where the other, like, 30, 40 plays a week come come in. And I don't, I definitely know that no one's listening when we get those listening spikes because we have to have a really good title. But, uh, you know, because sometimes the show posts, hey, we had, like, 300 listens last week. And it's like, all right, well, we'll get none. We'll get 24 this week, so don't worry about it. Like, hashtag porn <laughs> in your tags, and next thing right. you know, you have a huge spike. Yeah. I had this conversation yeah. with another per- with another host recently because they were talking food, and so she put hashtag food porn, and the porn red flagged in their thing, so next thing you know, <laughs> she's getting just swarmed with dick pics because they had <laughs> porn in one of their tags for their show, and she's like, it just ah, I didn't even what, what the hell. <laughs> like it, yeah. it, it happens, and I told this like yeah, even when I would cover news stories that had porn and they were porn related or something, like if you have sex or porn or boobs or something in yeah. in one of the tags, you just you know blow up, especially on on YouTube, because like, yeah. my, my show pushes out to YouTube is just like a static image, but yeah, you get that, and we're like, why do I have five hundred? Or not 500. Fuck, I've never had that kind of numbers ever. Like, why do I have suddenly have 20 plays from YouTube? Right. And I like, and it was like 15 seconds. Like, yeah, because Jackass, you realized that there wasn't actually porn. Right. <laughs> like, no, I was talking about a porn star doing something stupid. Right. Like, why was it tagged Jenna Jameson? Because I was talking about her, you jackass. But, you know, but other than that, he's like, yeah. Yeah, I don't even like to talk on the phone to strangers. <laughs> like, like, seriously, I, I, like, I just have, like, I have, I have social anxiety disorder. Like, I really only like to talk to people I'm comfortable talking with or that I'm friends with. And it takes me a little bit to warm up to people. And that's all my business. But, like, yeah, if I have to call my doctor's office to reschedule an appointment, I'm like, Becky, will you call them? And she'll be like, why? Because I don't want to talk to them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know why. I have no understanding of this, like, why I feel this way. But I just, like, it just makes me, like, anxious and, like, like weird and nauseous to, like, talk to people that I'm not, like, intimately familiar with in some way. Yay, social anxiety. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a blast. Like I just did a play and the like the worst part about it because I can tune out the audience when I'm on stage, but like then you have to go do the meet and greet afterward. Yeah. And like you just have like a hundred people coming up to you and like talking to you and you're just like, I wanna go. I wanna go right now. I don't wanna be here anymore. <laughs> like you just like I just gently usher them and like, did you know we have free 
meat and cheese? Like, <laughs> good to go in the back now. Yeah. Social anxiety is a fun thing. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, it's been fun talking to you. Yes. And it was fun putting this together. <laughs> it's been fun. And it's fun. It was. It, it's taken fucking three years. Seriously. Yeah. No, this has been a long time coming. Like, we've been trying to get on each other's show since y'all were still a nerd show. Yeah. And so... Well, we're still a nerd show. We're just not a traditional nerd show. It's still completely run by nerds. Yeah, it's still three nerds talking, but you're not necessarily... You're not nerd news anymore. Right. Now we're just more, like, poop jokes and stuff. You're just being nerds. Yeah. PRL, nerds being nerds. What of it? Yeah. (laughs) Big deal. Want to fight about it? Oh yeah, that was so much fun. I, I I was so glad to finally get him on the show. I need to find time to go get on PRL with them. If I do, I will let you know, of course, in the usual places in the Oddballs Facebook group and on all the social medias at Odd Dad Out. You can get the episodes and all the stuff at odddadoutpodcast.com. You can find Matt, Becky, and Joe from Pre-Recorded Live on Twitter at Pre-Rec-Live or at Pre-Recorded Live on Facebook and at Pre-Rec-Live.wix.com forward slash podcast. Of course, links in the show notes as always. And again, at odddadoutpodcast.com where you can find all the past episodes and subscribe and get yourself a shirt or a stickers or a bath mat or whatever the fuck you feel like. I don't know. It's all there. Subscribe to the show. Donate. Do all the things. Do all. I don't I, want, I don't feel like running through all the things for you today. It's been a long show. So <clears throat> until next week, my dear oddballs, I am still Adam Higgins, the odd tad out. Thank you. And go wash your fucking hands. <laughs> <laughs>